0: Think about a particular situation so in this case you know the work that you're doing and ask yourself does it make your heart sing and there's no there's really not an in-between like it's either meh no or yes yes it makes my heart sing
1: Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Rage Active Podcast. We're bringing you insightful conversations to inspire wellness for your body and mind. Make sure you hit subscribe so that you get the latest episodes as soon as they are released. I'm your host, Rachel Jay, and I'm so excited to welcome my guest to the show today. She is the founder of Bar Body and Bend, and she's also the host of the Nice Bossy Podcast. Welcome to the show, Emma Siebold.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm
1: delighted. I'm so excited for this chat. And, you know, one of the cool things about you is that you are super passionate about female-led and female-focused businesses, and you've created some really well-known brands and businesses over the years. So I'm really excited to get stuck into talking to you about all of these things. So tell me a little bit about the experiences that have led you into the wellness space, because I do find often there are things that happen if, we, if we're working in this space, things happen to us personally that kind of trigger something or spark something. So was there anything specific that that sparked you to move into this particular direction
0: career-wise? Uh, not any one thing, but lots of little things. And I think at the very base level, it was just my destiny. I was so passionate about health and wellness from a reasonably young age. Funnily enough, uh, at school, as a sort of year nine, year 10, I used to write notes to get myself out of PE. So going from school <laughs> to, was always quite, like, quite able. But I don't know whether I thought I was too cool for school back then, but I would try and, I have asthma. So I would use that as my excuse all the time. So from someone who was not particularly into sport at school to now it being, you know, health and wellness being my career, my passion, my life's work, um, it's a big shift. But some of the little moments, one of them that really stands out was um, in my very first job. And I've talked to the, talked about this a bit, but in my very first job, um, one of the women that I worked with, um, we were talking about work and she said turned around to me and she said, yeah, but does it make your heart sing? And so I talk about this idea of does it make your heart sing all the time? And for me, it was this series of little moments where I realized this knowing that I already had inside me that it was health and wellness that made my heart sing. And so first, it was becoming, I think the first thing I did was study nutritional coaching, health coaching, when I was in my mid to late 20s. So that's going back a while now. And then I became a yoga teacher all while I was working in marketing. And um, but knowing that the work that I was doing was, you know, in my mind, it was the way that I was paying to learn about all the other things. I did a massage course, I did a, I did Reiki, yoga, health coaching. So did a bunch of stuff and knew like that was what lit me up. That was what, like, I'd get home from work and I would be so passionate about doing my study and reading books and cooking. And so, yeah, for me, it was—it just felt like this path that I was destined to go on. Mm, I love that you said that little line there, does it make your heart
1: sing? What does that feel like for you? Because I feel like we definitely, I think, have heard versions of this, right? Find what lights you up and all that kind of thing. But for someone who maybe hasn't quite felt what that is like. Can you describe to me what that actually feels like? What does it actually feel like to have your heart
0: sing? So it's like, and I I love that you asked that question because when I do talk about this particular idea of heart song, I talk about the feeling. And for me, it's this visceral, palpable feeling. Like it is a literal feeling inside me of, oh, it's like, this fills me up. This is what I'm meant to be doing. And it's like this 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 expansion of the heart. Um, so yeah, it, it is a real feeling. And I think I often do guided meditations. Um, and one of the things that we'll do is settle in, take a few deep breaths and just really sink into the present. And then I'll say, hey, take a moment and maybe your listeners want to do that. Close your eyes right now, but take a moment and think about whether it's your job. And usually I am referencing career when I talk about it because career development and leadership is something that I'm really passionate about. But I ask them to settle in and sink in and look into their heart and think about a particular situation. So in this case, you know, the work that you're doing and ask yourself, does it make your heart sing? And there's no, there's really not an in-between. Like it's either meh, no, no, Oh yes, yes it makes my heart sing. Or you know, does the yeah. idea of let's call it becoming a Pilates teacher, does the idea of becoming a Pilates teacher, you know, look into your heart. Imagine what that would look like. Imagine what, what that would feel like. What would your day be like? How would you be showing up as a person? How would you feel? Does that make your heart sing? And it's it's a, it's people have an immediate feeling one way or another. So it's a really good, Mm. I use it. It's like a health check and I use it in my life in so many different ways, not just related to career, but, you know, every now and again, stopping and saying the way that I'm working. And right now I'm working with a lot of intensity because I've got new projects. Um, I've just, we've just opened a new studio and we're about to launch a whole new business next month. So right now I am in this this state of like go and action and my team is in this state of go and action and and so i have to ask myself does that make my heart sing and working in this way kind of does but also i know that at some point we've got to slow down so using that question as like just a tool it's like a it's like a health check or a um yeah just this thing that i do to see whether something's resonating with me or not Mm, like checking in with your heart to just know
1: maybe what the next step might be or what the, what the you need to do at that particular moment. I really like that, just to take that moment. Now, just from what you've been saying, I feel like this whole idea of checking with your heart doesn't make your heart sing and running a business. Business often tends to be or definitely associated most like with with this masculine energy of doing and action and taking forward action and all those kinds of things. So I'm interested to hear your take on how do you combine the two of being in that space of knowing when there's this thing that you feel inside you, that it's what you're meant to do, which seems to me to be a little bit more of a feminine energy, right? And the masculine energy is all about taking action and moving forward. So how do you combine the two of being able to stay with what it is that you feel inside and sometimes that might be to slow down like you were saying how do you deal with that kind of conflicting it's almost
0: conflicting energies in a way do you know what it isn't it isn't like the polarity of male and female but also the way that they have to entwine for for life intertwine for life to work um it's it's a very natural process to me so i am very i'm definitely very masculine in my um in my I think the energy with which I drive forward, so I'm very strategic, I'm very methodical, I know what I want and I go for it. And um, I have a strong, a very strong vision and I know how to get there. And so everyone's on the train and we are going, but the way that I do that, the energy that I bring to that is very much love-based. So that comes very much from the feminine. So it's, I'm always constantly aware of people and checking in with people because I have quite a big team so I'm constantly I talk a lot about in my business about how we're managing I'm managing the person to get the best outcome out of them as opposed to managing a project or managing an activity I'm I'm leading with love to get the richest most beautiful outcome or response from any person that I'm working with so energetically, I am very feminine in the carrying out of my masculine side, which is vision, direction, goals, plans. So mm. it is, but it, it works really beautifully for me. I think though when it does get a little bit sticky, is these times like right now when I'm in a very, I'm in a very active or yang state because there's a lot, a lot on our a lot on our collective, like my business's collective to-do list. And I I just have to check in with myself and I just have to, and meditation really helps with that. It really helps to slow down this, there's this moment between, you know, whatever the stimuli is, whatever's going on and how you respond to it. It's the space between where, when you're really in that go, go, go mindset, or when you're, when you're not really present in your body, it's like stimulus response. And they, they just collide and happen almost simultaneously. But with meditation, there's like this slowing down in between. So stimulus, how do I want to respond? Response. And that's where I find the feminine in that space, in that softness. Mm. Oh, I love that so much. It's
1: beautiful. <laughs> I think too, I mean, it's, it's so nice to hear how you are able to combine the two and, and Like you said, it's like a dance. You need both in that way to be able to almost receive and know what it feels like in your body, but then also to know what action to take next, which is really nice. That's so cool. So you launched Bar Body back in 2012. So that's over 10 years ago now. You've got six studios nationwide. So tell me about how that began for you, how you came up with the original concept to start and what it was sort of like during those first few years.
0: Mm. We've been on a big journey with Bar Body. Mm. Um, In the early days, yeah, we opened loads of studios. At one point we had 10 Bar Body studios and then COVID and we sort of contracted again. But interestingly, um, we actually... Sold and closed all of our bar body studios last year, which was a very oh intentional God. decision. And I'll circle back to that, but I want to answer mm. your question. And that is um, so in the early days, it was this real, really exciting adventure for us. We I had just had a baby, so I had a, a brand new baby and had the idea to start a bar studio because it didn't exist in Australia and Um, I saw that the trend was really big in the US and it was growing in momentum. And so we opened the first studio in Flinders Lane in Melbourne and it was just magic. Like people really resonated with the style of exercise. They really liked the way that it made them feel. And I think they really liked the way that we translated bar and particularly because of my passion for things being really heart led and, and, um, uh, felt from a space of love we really created the community element very well from day one it was this place where people felt nurtured and seen and held and then they just loved it and kept coming back and so we opened studio after studio after studio and there's this huge boom for us until we we got to that point of 10 studios and we opened the studio up in Byron the sister studio called Bend and then for, in that 10 year period there was just so much growth and so much excitement and so much passion. We launched our teacher training division, which it's it's like this first full circle moment because I didn't, for a while, I didn't want to do teacher training because I wanted to hold our method really close to the heart. And then I thought, no, that goes against, you know, how I am, which is love led and wanting to share and knowing that there's enough for everybody. So we launched our teacher training. And this, the full circle moment is that last year, we realized that actually where our passions are now is is inspiring and empowering the next generation of teachers and studio mm-hmm. owners. So we sold and closed our studio, sold some and closed some of our studios last year so we could focus fully in this teacher teacher training space. And so that's what we do now. So it's been this, you know, like I said, this really sort of full circle moment to, to where we are now, which is our business is even bigger than it was pre-COVID with a very different focus.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And it's cool to see the evolution of what started as obviously bar and your method with bar and how that's progressed through to now, development of other trainers and teachers and i guess taking your learnings from running those studios and obviously working and leading a whole bunch of trainers across those studios as well what are the biggest challenges that you faced in building that business i mean cuz it's kind of cool now because you've got you have got that full circle moment where you've closed off that cycle i suppose and you you're on to the next step so it's almost like you can look back now in retrospect and pick up all those learnings along that journey. So what were the biggest challenges that you faced in building Bar Body?
0: I'd say there were probably the three biggest challenges that I faced to date. And hopefully I remember the three <laughs> that <three laughs> popped into my head then. The first one was, the first two kind of happened simultaneously. So my mom and my brother died quite in quite quick succession in a four-month period in 2017 and so that just sort of floored me and Mm -hmm. at the same time as that when I went you know went inward from mum being sick until you know that grief process which was quite intense for me and I was really blessed to be able to care for my mum at home so took it took sort of a, a back step so that was one big challenge The whole process of grieving was just enormous and what that did to my confidence, what that did to my ability to show up for my team, to be able to even focus on work at all, was just Mm. epic. And that sort of is really tied to the second challenge, which is at the same time as this was happening, the trend of bar was softening. So we Mm. rode this wave from sort of 2012 to 2018 Sixteen, where bar was growing and growing and growing, it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And we were just, you know, we could do no wrong. It was like everything we touched turned to gold. And then there was this moment where it just softened, that trend softened and there were, bar was in every, you know, every studio and every, it was sort of really, it had become um, mass market. Mm. That happened in the same period as I was grieving. And so really hands, eyes off the road, hands off the wheel a little bit. So then, you know, when I did come back to work in earnest, which wasn't until 2018 really, so it was a whole year of being in this space and I have an amazing, incredible team. Like I cannot even, cannot begin to express what everybody did to hold things together while my husband and I were sort of having this sort of moment of being really encompassed by the experience of grief. Mm. They really held things together together. And what had happened in that time is that bar had really softened. So we had this experience of coming back and going, what do we do now? We've got this amazing brand that there's so much love and there's so much, there's so many passionate bar devotees, but how do we evolve this brand to continue to be successful um, in light of the fact that it's softening? So that was that was sort of the two of, two of my biggest challenges. And then, Gosh, you couldn't talk about business challenges, especially running bricks and mortar studios without mentioning COVID. Yes. To, I would love to say some expletives and I would love to have like a beep <laughs> cover my voice. It was an absolute... You can swear. You can swear on this podcast. <laughs> it was another, you know what, it was a yeah. recall that really tested Everything that I had, um, we were very, very fortunate. And interestingly, like I said, full circle moments, we were really fortunate when COVID hit that we had we were already online. We'd had an online studio mm. for years, so we just cranked that up. And mm. we also had our, at that point, we had our bar teacher training online and we had almost finished our Pilates mat teacher training online. So we fast-tracked that and we got our Pilates reformer teacher training online. So, our training business and our online studio, Barbody Online and Barbody Teacher Training, grew like massively, just exploded through COVID. So, we were balancing having this experience of 10 studios, 10 sets of rent to pay. Having to, you know, having to try our best to look after teachers and look after our staff when there was no money, you know, the way that teacher training grew was very slow or sort of exploded, but it didn't explode enough to pay all of those bills. So COVID was just an epic, epic challenge for us and one that we're feeling the aftershocks of. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I think, I think that's, I mean, it's across the board in the industry, you know, it's, it's, it took a hit and with all the, you know, we had so many lockdowns in Melbourne, we were open, we were closed and all those kinds of things. And across the different states, I had different things, but I I feel like obviously going through all those challenges has taught you a lot now. So what would be the biggest lessons that you've learned from this cycle
0: of business? A couple of lessons. One is listen to my gut. Like, I feel like my husband and I have a really strong intuition for business and you know if I I typically know what's right and then some of the decisions some of the mistakes we've made and some of the, it's been when I haven't followed my gut so it's listening to my gut and always 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 looking after people that's and one of the big lessons that I've had to learn over the past 12 months especially, is that you can do everything to look after people and sometimes their experience of, of a situation is different to yours. And, you know, I've, my husband and I have just started marriage counselling actually and because, you know, we work together, we work together for a long time. We have children together so, like, there's a, we're spending a lot of time together so, you know, at this time in our relationship starting marriage counselling is probably a good idea but the counsellor talked about holding a boundary between what you believe to be true and what the other person believes to be true. And you can hold space for that other person to hold their beliefs, but still be firm and hold your beliefs. And so even in business, I've had to do that. I've had some experiences with people where like, no, no, I know that I've acted with integrity and love and been true to what I believe in. And I can hold the boundary and say, well, you can, you can believe that, but I know what is to be true. So yeah, th- th- there's been some huge, huge lessons along the way, but listening to my gut, being firm with my boundaries and um just always having a really nice time while you do it. If I'm not having a good time, why would I even do what I'm doing? So trying yeah. try to hold my energy. So, you know, COVID was a difficult time, but holding myself, separating myself from the external circumstances that I'm being faced with and holding myself in a space of love and trust and integrity. Mm, No, I really like that. And
1: just understanding that, I guess, you know, you've, you've got to kind of come back to, like you said, with your intuition, just trusting that and just knowing, especially when there's two people involved, when talking about that, you know, just knowing that, that, your intentions at least, you know what your intentions were in, in a, a difficult situation or whatever situation you're presented with. But, I mean, I feel like there's some really great little lessons there that, that I don't think they're just – uh, you know, particularly focused on business. That's just life in general, isn't it, really? They're, they're kind yeah. of lessons that you can take into life. No, I like that. So obviously being passionate about wellness, you know, I'm interested to know, and I know a lot of people like to ask people who work in this space what their personal wellness approach is. So what do you do specifically in terms of your own movement? How often and what kind of movement do you do? And then we'll, we'll also get into how you sort of approach nutrition as well. So what what's your sort of personal movement practice these days?
0: So I go through cycles and phases. And if you'd asked me this three months ago, I would have said it's getting up at 4 30 or 5 a.m. I'll do 20 minutes of meditation and then I'll do a 20 minute to 30 minute online workout. Might be reformer, might be bar, might be strength training, and then I'll have a sauna. And then I'll have a nice bath and a swim and doing all of this, I have to get my kids up for school at 6.30. So doing all of this before 6.30, that was my routine for a long time and doing it probably, you know, some days I wouldn't have time for all those things. Or if I was tired, I'd always honor my body. And, you know, if I was on my cycle, I might not do intense exercise. I might do just some yoga stretches or something. So so being really conscious of my cycle, but also being conscious of how I feel and the cycle or the the season that I'm in in my life. So there was 3 months ago that was a really consistent routine for me and I was doing that pretty much every morning with varying, you know, bits in the middle. But now my 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 cycle's a little bit different. Now I'm I'm doing I'm not feeling as oh, and that was the other thing that was part of my practice religiously is manifestation practice every single day. Whereas right now, I think I'm much more in my masculine space because I'm doing, you know, I'm working on these new projects and I'm really tired, like really, really exhausted, working really hard. And so now my mornings are really different. I'm getting up, I'm doing my meditation and then I'm sitting in, we're really lucky I've got a spa, I'm sitting in the spa and having a cup of tea and then I'm starting my day and I usually go to a class three or four mornings a week because I want to be really present We've just opened a new studio, another studio in Byron in Ocean Shores. So now I'm trying to split my time. I notice there's a really strong correlation between me being present in the studio and me feeling connected to the business and knowing what's next. So I'm trying to be really present in both the Byron Studio and the Ocean Shores studio now. And so yeah, my my routine at the moment, I'm probably doing four classes a week, but more recently knowing how tired i am i'm trying to make sure one of those classes is a yin class because if if you're a if you're a type a person like i am if you're you know you're used to achieving and doing it's really hard to go oh i'm going to jo- i'm going to give up an hour of my time to lie down that doesn't seem like a good use of my time but the more research I'm doing, the more I'm learning, especially about what it ha- what happens to women in their 40s and I'm 43, I'm realizing that actually, if you stay in that state of go, go, go all the time, you are not going to achieve your health and wellness goals. You are not the exercise that, the, that you're doing becomes counterproductive. So you actually do need to actively participate in activities that calm your nervous system. So I'm doing yin as well at the moment. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my season at the moment, but then there'll be another season. And that's what I'm really conscious of honoring is that sometimes if I don't, if I am tired, I do not push myself. I know that I need to honor, like for me, sleep is like the most important thing for me. I think it's like the absolute number one when it comes to health is having good, ideally unbroken sleep but so yeah, the season that I'll honor. And like I said, with the manifestation practice, that's not happening for me at the moment because I'm just so focused on the next month where we've got this huge project launching. So I can't even see beyond that. So yeah, yeah. that's 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 a that's a long answer to that gives <laughs> you a flavor for for my approach to exercise.
1: No, I like that. And I like that you brought up the seasons because that's one thing. I mean, I do feel that and I don't know if everybody feels this way, but I feel like we do live in a very masculine dominated world in terms of energy wise, right? We're always on the go and that's very—that's considered very normal. And so even just as a woman, understanding your monthly cycles and where you might be in the cycle to honor that with your body. But also I like that you mentioned your season of your life and where you are, because that, Is also very different from when you're in your you know teens, twenties, thirties, forties. It changes throughout your life. So it's so I think it's a good reminder for all of us to
0: remember that. And even the season. So there's the season of your life, but there's also the season of you know, your life stage being your age, but there's also seasons of just how we feel in our lives. Like at the moment, I'm really, really drained because I'm doing, you know, putting so much of my heart and soul into these new ventures and you know, whether I think it's probably also linked to hormonal stuff. So I'm really exhausted. So I'm not, I don't have the energy to do my manifestation practice. I don't have the energy to get up and do a workout. Like I'm sort of going to classes, which is my job. So anyone who's listening, hears me talk about, you know, slowing down and doing four classes a week. It's my actual job. And I don't think I would be able to get myself there at the moment given how tired i am if it weren't my job so for those of you who are having a tired period and maybe not doing heaps of movement at the moment please be kind to yourself remembering this idea of seasons and for me the season at the moment is this bit of going it's okay for me to to give or to push myself less that's probably the best way to describe it it's okay that i don't feel like it when i feel like it it's not a push it's a joy and when it, when it feels like a push, that's when I know that I have to honour the fact that I need rest. Yeah. No, I, I
1: like it. I think it's a great reminder for, for all of us. So that's your movement practice. What do you kind of do in terms of your nutrition? Do you have some key elements that you or a framework perhaps that you sort of adhere to generally speaking?
0: Yes. And no, um, so <laughs> I, having you know, really passionate, so even before movement, my passion was nutrition. And so I did a lot of nutrition study and that was my big, that was, re, I was really, really interested in learning how to eat eat better and eat more healthily and cook. I read, and I read so many books on nutrition and devoured cookbooks. And the book that changed my life was Michael Pollan's Food Rules. It's a tiny book and it basically says like the whole premise, it's divided into three sections, eat food, mostly plants, not too much. And so eat food means eat real food. So food that your grandmother would recognize as food, not packaged stuff, eat real food, mostly plants, you know, some meat but a predominantly vegetable, vegetarian-based diet and then not too much. And the not too much doesn't just mean don't overeat, it means eat mindfully. Don't eat while you're on the run. Don't eat rushing. Be conscious. It's sort of of more eat consciously. So eat Mm. foods, mostly plants, not too much. And so that's one part. Another part is realising and is for me, again, it's honouring, honouring how I'm feeling. And I am a love, I'm a bit of a sugar addict. And so I eat it and I eat it with love and joy and I don't make myself feel guilty that's sort of my guilty pleasure. And it's always been part of my life. I've had times where I've like tried to cut down sugar and it just makes me eat more. So I just embrace it and I eat it, but I eat it mindfully and I'm conscious. And, you know, I'm I'm I know what a reasonable amount is to eat and I won't go back for more. It's never a mindless process for me. Like food is very mindful and loving and I eat pizza, I ate hot chips, like I drink wine, all of the things, but I do it really consciously. And so, and I the one thing that I'd probably never do is overeat. Um mm-hmm. funny story. The only time and I don't overeat just because I know I don't because I'm I eat with love and I don't ever deny myself. So there's no need to overeat. There's one time that I did overeat recently, not re- in the last few years. And it was because I'd forgotten I was going to my dad's house for dinner. And we, my husband and I had gotten yes. Thai. And you know, when you eat Thai, you just sort of gorge yourself. And then dad calls and said, are you on your way? And I was like, oh my God, dad <laughs> really special dinners where he would cook for me, which is just the two of us. And he cooked my favorite childhood meal. And so I was like, yes, I'm on my way. <laughs> And because I didn't want to upset him for, I went and ate a whole nother meal, but I did that with love. I did that super consciously and with love. So um, Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm really mindful about what I eat and now eating, definitely being conscious of making sure I'm eating enough fat and protein. So carbohydrates are very, very important, but many of us eat way too many carbohydrates. So it's not for me. It's not about restricting or reducing carbohydrates. It's actually just about making sure that I'm having fat and protein with most, if not every, meal because that's what makes you feel full and fuller for longer and feel better. And
1: yeah, yeah. So getting that those macros up. So I really like those. They, that we'll, we'll pop that link for the book Food Rules in the show notes. But eat real food, mostly plants, and conscious eating. I like that. And just stay mindful with your relationship with food and when you're engaging in that practice. Fab. I love that. So I think let's, let's move into women specifically and business, because this is the part that you really love to talk about. I mean, we've spoken about your businesses, but you also coach women who are entrepreneurs, especially in the health and wellness field and this focus around female focused and female led businesses. So tell me your philosophy around purpose because this is something that you talk about and I think, you know, people listening, maybe they're thinking, do I need to have, what, what, what is the deal with having a business around purpose?
0: Tell me about that. So I think you can have any business that you like, any business that you are passionate about, any business that resonates with you, it doesn't have to be in the wellness space. It doesn't have to be a purpose-driven business. But the way that you approach the business should be really aligned to your purpose and your values, if that makes sense. So for me, my purpose is really around living and leading with love. Um, And so whatever I do goes through that filter. And so my business is very love-based and I'm really lucky to work in an industry where that's so easy, like Pilates, yoga, yoga. Wellness, like it's, it's, it lends itself so beautifully for that, to that. But it's just really holding a set of values and operating to those values. So the way that that translates for me is that I'll often make decisions that are less financially motivated and more motivated because of people, whether it's my own family and what we need or the people in my business who are like family making decisions that to, to serve to best serve everybody and and you know leading with love. So yeah, I think that you can have any business if you're as long as you're clear with your purpose and your values, then um and just being a good person and knowing that as a woman, you don't have to be a and I'm going to do air quotes here, but you don't have to be a ball breaker to get ahead. Like you can be a really strong and this is The focus of my podcast, you can be a really strong woman who succeeds in business, but also be really heart-led and soft. Mm, Yeah. So again, just finding that
1: it's that polarity between the masculine-feminine energy. I find it really fascinating because again, like we said before, business and I think just the world in general is very masculine dominated. And that's just the way that we operate in general. A lot of, And a lot of women listening might find it difficult to feel comfortable even putting their ideas or putting themselves or their business out there, almost like a, a fear of being seen or shining too brightly. And particularly, I think in Australia as well, we have a bit of this tall poppy syndrome as well. So there's this fear of being a bit you know, too much or something like that. So what would your suggestion be to women – who might have a fear of that because i think you know that the feminine is very much about creating and and i think that's where obviously where the ideas come from but there's that moment of there might be a fear there that stops someone from moving forward and and letting people see what it is that they want to do so what would your
0: suggestion be for that to allow yourself to be seen almost in a way it's such a tricky one and i'm going to answer that in two parts i think part one being there will always, always, always be people who don't like what you're doing. And whether it's the tall poppy syndrome or what it is, there will always be men and women who are who see you trying or succeeding, like to, even just the trying when they see people putting themselves out there. And there's there can often be a fear or a jealousy or a, I should be doing that or who's that person to do that? and they will try and cut you down whether it's overtly or quite um uh, sneakily and you just have to hold yourself and know it's this again have that boundary to go i'm just going to hold myself and keep doing what i'm doing Whether when you and especially when it comes to instagram and putting yourself out there there's always going to be people judging you always but the people who are successful Whether it's you know on Instagram or in the world, whatever it is, there's one thing, and this is sort of the part two. There's one there's one key difference between every hundred percent of those people are doing it. So you absolutely cannot succeed if you don't push through that fear and try. So you might still fail, and that's okay. Failure is not failure; it's learning. I like to I like call it failing fast. So fail fast and Get on with it. Pivot. Do something different. It's okay to fail, but you will never, ever, 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 ever succeed if you don't try. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's pushing through the fear and knowing that there will always be people who don't like what you're doing, or always people, or there will always be people who critic, who are critical of you, and there are of me. There's plenty of them, but. It's holding yourself, holding that boundary, that sort of safe space around you and what you're doing and you just keep going. You just keep going. So, yeah, you've got to feel like, again, it's another sort of platitude or, um, you know, pretty common saying. It's like feel the fear, push through, do it anyway.
1: Mm,
0: yeah. I I do. I really like that. Basically holding a
1: safe space for yourself and I don't know if you could – maybe you could use this analogy of you sort of want to be aware of what's going on in your sphere, whatever the context is that you're working in, but almost have blinders on in a way. I mean, you obviously take – not blinders, but like I think what you said was better, holding yourself in that space where you just uh, make a container for yourself to – do the work that you want to do and try not to allow what people are saying to you or comments or criticisms, whatever to affect your actions moving
0: forward, right? Pretty much, the more you put yourself out there, the more people, the more option opportunities there are for people to respond negatively. And it's it's the same way in that you know actors talk about not reading reviews or don't read the comments. It's kind of the same thing. you 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 have to you have to hold yourself and, Just be willing to be vulnerable, be willing to be brave and hold a safe space for yourself in that. And surround yourself with cheerleaders. Like if there's a naysayer in your life, whether it's a best friend or it's very hard when it's a partner um, or a parent or a sibling, you want to find someone who's going to be your cheerleader, who's going to support you in what you're doing who's going to listen to you and be positive. And that's the person that you confide in. That's the person that you talk to. And you know, if you don't have someone in your life, then you find a coach who can be that person for you because you absolutely need a cheerleader. I was so, so lucky in that my husband is so, like from day one, when I had the idea, and now we both work full-time in the business, but from day one, he was like, yes, do it. Even though he just started his own business and I was helping him, he's like, no, let's do that as well. Yes. So he's always been a big cheerleader and, um, you know, we work together. So we're cheering each other on constantly. So you definitely need someone to be in your corner. Mm, so find that
1: support network, whether it is a partner or your friends or a coach, like you said, yeah. so that you've got yeah somebody to speak to and talk through those things with as well. Yeah, I really like that. So I think one of the greatest challenges I think for women is, is juggling all the roles that they fulfill, especially when it comes to being mothers and incorporating that into your life as well as running a business and all the other things that we do in life. So there is a bit of a external and perhaps societal expectation and pressure that we feel like we have to do everything. So what has been the biggest challenge for you in juggling motherhood
0: and also growing a successful business? That is a really tough one and a really for me personally being a it's it's loaded, not saying that you're loading it, but like it's a loaded question because it's so hard. Um, this this juggle, this balance, whatever, it's the hardest thing that I do. And I don't think I do any of it as well as I would if I was so focused. You know, if I wasn't if I was just a working, if I was just working in my job, I think I'd be better at it. If I was focusing all of my energy on being a mum, I'd be better at it. If I was focusing all of my energy on my husband, I'd be a lot better wife. Um so the way that I see it is that you you never really balance, you never really juggle that effectively. There's a whole lot of compromises and I don't want to call them failings, it's compromises, a whole lot of compromises that you have to be okay with. So for us at the moment in this really busy time, we're getting way more takeaway than we would usually do. I'm, you know, exhausted at the end of the day. So the, the family activity that we're doing, instead of, you know, playing a game or going for a swim or jumping in the trampoline with the kids, we're sitting down and watching Modern Family together because we're so exhausted. So it's a series of compromises that I make to try and be a good mum, to try and be good at my job, to try and be a good wife. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. That's, the the absolute best way I can describe it is it's just compromises and accepting that you absolutely cannot do it all. Anyone doing it all has a lot more help. They've either got, you know, whether it's childcare or someone to help with washing or cooking or whatever, you absolutely cannot do it all perfectly. So you have to compromise and be and be accepting and find us find a way to that your self-talk is loving and not critical and that you're kind to yourself. Yeah,
1: I I think it's important for I think it's an important conversation because there is this narrative that kind of floats around and it's all it's, it maybe not said explicitly. Nothing's really said explicitly, but I think we feel it as women that we should be able to do all of these things and do them all perfectly well and there's a lot of pressure. So I like that that you make those compromises and and be kind to yourself as well and knowing that you know probably is really unrealistic expectation to think that you're going to be able to do everything perfectly
0: all the time 100% and that's me with a husband who does half he is doing half of the child like half of the parenting half of the housework
1: yeah, yeah. No, I I think that's really good to remember. Now, one of the things that I speak to all of my guests about is rejection and failure mm-hmm. because we all experience these in life, not just in business, but in life as well. So what has been your biggest rejection or failure and what have you learned from it?
0: Mm. So I had a really heartbreaking experience during COVID with a supplier where we just had a very different opinion and this moment of being treated really, really, really badly, probably the worst, not the, not probably, 100% the worst moment of my career and recovering from that and knowing how I had contributed to the events that led up to this, this meeting that went really badly and having to reflect on that and go, well, what did I bring to the table? What did that person bring to the table? And what I realised ultimately, and this is I was already in this space of leading with love and have been always. And I just realized that there's, it's, all, it's like what I said earlier, there's always going to be situations where you cannot change someone else's mind and all you can do is hold what you know to be true. So, yeah, it was, it was heartbreaking. I don't want to name names. I don't want to name and shame, but it was really just a horrific, horrendous experience. And I had to process that and go through that. And so that was a massive personal rejection in the sense of that, you know, this business relationship ceased and also having to reflect on what I had done to contribute
1: to that. I think that's a good a good kind of point to i mean and that's the thing it's hard sometimes when we're in that space of feeling hurt especially if it's a rejection or a failure because it is so easy to take that stance of being like that person has done this to me etc cetera, etc cetera. but i really love that you're able to look and reflect and go okay and and also that may have happened and i did these things and What can I take away from this to not specifically avoid the situation, but you don't want to create those circumstances again if you can, right? And I guess that's the the valuable piece that comes out of something like that, yeah. So my final question for you is, if you had an overarching life philosophy or mantra that you try to live your life by, what would that be?
0: It's an easy one. Um, So I kind of have two of them, but one of them, which is more work-related is, lead with love. And that's you know making my decisions from a place of love, leading my team from love, leading the business from a place of love. So yeah, leading with love. And then the other one is to act with love, grace, and dignity. So that's how I conduct myself in the world. I try and act with grace and love and dignity. I love that. I love that so much.
1: So I feel like this has been such a great chat and you have mentioned Leave With Love so many times during our chat. So it's so clear that that's part of your internal structure of just how you show up in the world. And I think that that's so beautiful to see. And also lovely to see that that's incorporated into, into your businesses and everything that you're doing with your work as well. So where can people find you and all the good things that you're doing? Because you have a lot of resources as well that people can, can tap into and, and get some of your, your insights into business as well.
0: Yep, yeah, So, so many places to be found um, from a business respect or from my personal Instagram is at Emma Siebold with a little underscore. And that's where I'm sharing my life and my experience with business and all of those good, good things. And then we've got my businesses, we've got Bar Body, which is now, Bar Body's sort of the overarching header for like the masthead for our group of businesses, which sit underneath that. Bar Body Online, which is our online workout platform and app. Bar Body Teacher Training, which is our Pilates mat, Pilates reformer, bar teacher training, as well as short courses, injuries, post pre and postnatal, props, all of that sort of stuff. And that's huge, both online training. And then we do training courses in Byron. And then there's Bend, which is my Byron Studios. As I said, we just opened a studio in Ocean Shores and we've got the Byron Studio at Habitat. And then we've got the new business that's launching next month. And I probably shouldn't say what it is yet because we haven't announced it. So so I would definitely say follow the Bar Body Instagram at Bar Body or my Instagram for details on that. But it is really cool. It doesn't exist yet. It's absolutely, I will have to swear, it is, no, I'm not going to swear. It's it's effing awesome. It's really, <laughs> really like something the industry desperately needs and we're super pumped about it. We're doing a big launch in Sydney next month. And yeah, that's probably all the places, all the things in all the places.
1: Oh, amazing. So, we're going to pop up all those links in the show notes so you guys have free range to go check out all of the cool things that um is doing. And I'm so excited for this big launch. This episode will probably come out before you launch the business. So yeah, make sure you check out Barb Body to get all the updates on that guys who are listening. Now, tell us what you loved and learned from this episode by leaving a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts and screenshot this episode. Tag us and share it to your socials. Thank you so much for joining me, Em. It's been such a lovely chat and I feel like everybody will have gotten so much out of this, this chat and all your insights has been really lovely. Thanks
0: Rach, I loved it. Thank
1: you. So good. Thank you guys for listening and make sure you catch us on the next episode of the Rach Active Podcast.